This is Fan POV Podcast. Welcome back to Fan POV, everybody. It's me, Kevin Robison, here with my MVP, Mike Vincent Panamarzik. How you doing, brother? Kev, doing well, staying busy, man. This free agency, trying to keep up with it. Good luck out there. Well, dude, like I said, welcome back, welcome back. And it's exciting in the NFL right right now, Mike. I, I can't agree with you more. It seems like every second around every turn, something new is happening, man. So look, let's jump right in. Mike, I want to talk about the Chicago Bears. Seattle denies Chicago's run at Russell Westbrook. In fact, I'm sorry, Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson. In fact, to my understanding, Chicago had offered up three first round picks and some. Instead, they come up with Andy Dalton. So, Mike, talk to me about this. Is it smart for Seattle to try to work this out? Or should they have moved on and took this plethora of draft picks that was offered by Chicago? Yeah, I think at this point, I would have, if you're ever tempted to move off a player, three first rounders, a Cleo Mack, who's probably worth two first rounders himself, because that's what they had to trade to get him. And then Ayers, uh, Ayers on the defensive side of the ball, too. Like, they, they, they gave you everything. So this just shows that Seattle believes that relationship can be repaired. However, I don't see Seattle doing any moves on, you know, free agency as far as offense alignment. I haven't seen them sign anybody. So very confused at that. Number two, can you imagine being a Chicago Bears fan today? And you are hyped, man. You're, you're ready to go. We're all in for Russell Wilson. And you end up with Andy Dalton. Are you kidding me? Honestly, man, I, I can't even imagine. It, you're, that's what I was just going to say. It's, gosh, it's got to be like 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 deja vu, like Groundhog's Day for Chicago Bears fans. First, it was Mitch Trubisky. They pass on all these stellar quarterbacks, and they bring in Nick Foles and try to you know create a Band-Aid. That doesn't work out. Get into the Russell Wilson sweepstakes and just flat-out miss, end up with Andy Dalton. Mike, let me ask you this. Is Andy Dalton an upgrade? At the quarterback position, why not just stick with Mitch Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles? I think Foles at this point should just be a backup. I don't think he's capable of starting. I think he's a great backup for a young quarterback. Teach the game. If he has to come in for a game or two, that's fine. I believe Andy Dalton could start in this league, maybe not an entire season, but I think he could win some games. He showed a glimpse of it in Dallas last year, even behind that offensive line, the dysfunctional Cowboys. So, uh, you know, you talk about, Mitch Trubisky, I think it's time to move him, right? Like we've seen this story. It's it it's it's happened already. And I think for both the organization, the fans, and specifically the player, there, there needs to be a new home. What are your thoughts? Do you think they should stick stick with Mitch and keep him with Dolan, or do you think they should move on? Oh, I I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with Mitch Trubisky. I mean, move on. What does that really mean? I mean, do they cut him? I don't know what anybody trades for him. Mike, let me let me ask you an out there question. Is there any chance that the Chicago Bears get into the draft sweepstakes for a quarterback? 100%. They have to be thinking that. And I know they're, I think they're pick 20 or pick 18. They're further out there. But there's about six quarterbacks that may go in the first round this year. I will not be surprised to see if they make a push, being that they put all that their chips in for Russell Wilson. Your thoughts? No, I, I think that's right, man. I think that's right. I mean, obviously they're looking they're looking at the quarterback position long term. They don't they don't feel like it's Mitchell Trubisky. You make a push for Russell Wilson. I think Mitchell Trubisky is is out the door. I don't really know what they do with him. But Andy Dalton, I just don't understand the move. Again, you bring in Andy Dalton, he's the same level as Mitchell Trubisky, but either way, 
We'll, we'll see. Hey, what they hey, do. And you know who else I feel bad for? <laughs> Our boy Allen Robinson. We were just, you know, tuning his horn oh, last I know podcast. It, Dude's probably all hyped up, man. He's probably subtweeting Russell Wilson. Can't wait to catch some touchdowns from you. And <laughs> he looks up the breaking news. Dalton's on his way in. That guy has probably had the worst quarterbacks for an elite receiver. It may be NFL history that comes to mind. Uh, fans, if you think of something else, tweet us, Facebook us, whatever you want to do. I can't think of anybody that's had a worse run at quarterbacks. No, no, I can't either, man. I can't either. It's It's been a long time since they've had stability, and I wouldn't even call Jake Cutler stability at the position, but either way, let's, let's move on. Mike, I want to talk about Deshaun Watson. Same old, same old. Nothing's moving. So, look, let's shake it up a little bit. I want to ask you, what what are your top two or three places where you would like to see Deshaun? And again, just a little bit of backdrop there. Obviously, he's threatening to sit out the season. He's no longer communicating with ownership or the front office. He sees all these other quarterbacks on the move. He sees you know some of his players like J.J. Watt and others exiting the organization. He feels that it's his time to move on. Where would you like to see him go, Mike? The only place, and, and it's not, you know, you've got to at some point take in consideration that windows are shutting and they're shutting quick for franchises. They are getting their people. I think it's got to be Denver at this point, right? I mean, I could definitely see Denver, but I don't know. I mean, what are, what are they going to be able to pony up in terms of capital to get over to the, I guess that's that. Let me, let me go ahead and preface the question, Mike. I, I want to know some places. Obviously, Denver's a great one. But what's this compensation look like? What does it take to actually pry Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans? I don't know if they know, which is the scariest part about this whole situation. I don't think I think Houston's kind of in denial, man. You know, the, uh, yeah, he still wants to be here. Oh, yeah, everything's going to be OK. Let's just get to the old preseason. Uh, let's just get to the draft. And what they don't realize is this man's dug in. He's not going to change his stance. And in hindsight, the, the windows are closing out there. Like, I think the 49ers, I think they're out now. I think they've got a plan that they're going to do, and they're going to go a different route. The Miami Dolphins, we signed Jacoby Brissett. We've got Tua. That doesn't work anymore with salary for some of these teams in the moves that they're making and, and building your offensive line. Um, I, I really could only, Kev, right now come to the, the, NF, the AFC West, and I'm thinking Denver or the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, it makes sense, man. I, I'll tell you right now, we're going to talk about the Raiders here in a second. I, I don't understand necessarily what's going on with John Gruden and company, but we'll talk about that here in a minute. Let me ask you this question before we go on, Mike. We just mentioned Chicago. They they offer up three first-round picks and some for Russell. What, why not offer that to the Texans for Deshaun? I don't know if they want to go down that route. Um, I don't know if Deshaun's interested in them just as much as Russell was interested in the Chicago I think it's hard to get that Watson player after being in that draft and and striking out so big instead of getting him, you get uh, Mitch Trubisky. Not sure if it's a fit. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. But but, but saying that, Kev, I I don't understand the logic. If you're throwing that out there for them, why not the other team? But to me, it's like at least Seattle's listen offers. They'll at least have a conversation. Houston just shut out. They're shut down, and uh, they've got to wake up at some point, in my opinion. I mean, you got to figure there. There's seven years of youth there with Deshaun Watson. If they, I mean, if they're going to go after a 31, 32 year old Russell Wilson for that kind of draft capital, why not throw it in on Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, clean up on a younger player? Either way, Mike. Speaking of free agency, I want to move on. Look, your division, divisional rival, New England Patriots. They're on a tear. What is going on? And where was this when they had Tom Brady? 
Mike, New England Patriots signing the two top two tight ends, overpaid for them, signing a bunch of receivers, nice and Nelson Aguilar and a bunch of others. They got edge rushers. Why now? Why why put this around Cam? Could they potentially be looking for a quarterback in the draft? You know, w- w- what's the plan for New England? Why why spend this kind of money in a situation where they were extremely over underwhelming at the quarterback position last year and they haven't seemed to fix that? So what what do they do? Uh, number one, why? Because Bill Belichick's he's a proven winner and he wants to win at the highest level and he wants to compete. Is Cam Newton going to be their answer? I don't think so. But for some reason, somehow, some way, I'm thinking between Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, you're thinking this. Let's get this guy. Some guys could actually catch the ball for Cam Newton. Let's re regrow that offensive line. Let's bring our boy Trent Brown down, who had his best seasons with us. And they're getting some players back on the defensive side of the ball. Did I get it done? I don't know. But what I'm saying is I like this for the New England Patriots, and I think they've finally, after 20-some years, one of their biggest Achilles heels is they couldn't draft wide receivers, and they have not really been able to draft tight ends since you know Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. And besides that, they've struck out time after time after time. Now they go, you know what, we can't do this. Let's just bring them in, and then we can try to draft other holes on our team. That's what my mindset is. What says you about this whole thing, Kev? No, I, I can agree with that. That sounds that sounds like a great uh, I, I, it sounds like a great sum up. But let me ask you this: What's to do with the quarterback position? Not a whole lot left right now in the free agent market. Certainly, they're not piling the other draft picks to go in and get Sean Watson. So they're looking in the draft. They're looking to do that right now, or are they going to ride with Cam Newton this year, Mike? What, what what's happening with with the quarterback position? I got this weird feeling. That they're going to end up with Justin Fields from Ohio State. I just, I just do. Okay. I don't know what's been telling me that, but I think some of these quarterbacks and some of these teams that people are kind of pointing at, they may draft a quarterback because everybody at this point right now in the top ten are saying he's going to get a quarterback. Does Detroit do it? Detroit's got a lot of holes, and they have a, a, a capable guy in Goff. Atlanta, do they say let's go one more run on Matt Ryan? The Dolphins seem pretty set in on Tua. And I think they're kind of out of the Deshaun Watson conversation in general at this point. So you've got teams, you've got Belichick. I've got to believe they've got some type of thing going on. Hey, man, maybe they got Andrew Luck on speed down. He's coming out of retirement. I don't know what they got, but they got to have something better than Kim. What do you think they're going to do? Man? Got, you think they're going to just run with Kim all year? I, I can't see it happening again through eight touchdowns last year. But what, what it might have done for them is open up Bill Belichick's eyes of what a mobile quarterback could do for him in his offense. Because Cam did add a lot of rushing touchdowns on the ground last year. He was pretty good with his legs still. Not so great with his arm. I wonder if they don't take a look at Trey Lance, Mike. Now, you you mentioned Justin Fields. I think they're going to have to get into the top 10 to land Justin Fields. So I don't know that he's there when the New England Patriots pick. But it's going to be interesting to watch. I think they go quarterback in the first round this year. um, or, Or definitely in the draft. Maybe not the first round, but definitely in the draft. And I think... I mean, I think they're hoping to, to to strike gold there, Mike, but we'll see. Make no mistake, I think Stephon Gilmore gets traded, and that may give him another first or, or a second-round pick their first round. Maybe they had another planner to move on up. They've got to have something going on, but I know Gilmore wants out of there. Belichick found his you know his successor last year with his cornerbacks, and that could be a move. And just Matt Judon from the Baltimore Ravens, Let's not overlook that. I think that might have been their best signing out. Big time signing. Big signings. Yeah. You get a pass rusher, you get him a pretty decent deal, you know, 56 for four years. I mean, that that that's that's just what Bill Belichick does, man. He he did a great job this year. So kudos to them. 
Unfortunately for my boys, the Bills, and, and, and you know, we know the Jets are just uh, two free wins for all of us anyway. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. All right, Mike, let's move on. Here's a question for you. Did you not hear Russell Wilson at some point come out and say that the Raiders were one of four teams that he was willing to go to? Yeah, it was shockingly. All right, so let me let me ask you this. Why on earth, if they know that and understand that, would they trade f- four out of their starting five tackles? I'm sorry, four out of their starting five offensive linemen. So four out of the starting five offensive linemen for this last year, which they were a top five on offensive line, they're gone. No longer with the team. If it's me, if I'm sitting here, I'm thinking if there's one reason Russell Wilson wants to come here, it's because Seattle can't protect him. He's the most sacked quarterback in the history of the NFL. We have a top five offensive line. Maybe you think they would have kept that intact. Talk to me about what they're doing down there with the Raiders. It looks like Derek Carr is their guy forevermore. What's going on with John Gruden and Mike Mayo? It's just proven the no plan plan that continues to exist between Mayock and Gruden, who can who, who think they're smarter than everybody else. It's it's almost an ignorance at this point that you have one of the top five offense alignment, five, like top of five offense line in the league, and you completely dismantle it. The one thing you're actually doing good at, the one thing you're actually supporting, your fans are excited about. You just get trade happy, and you're playing fantasy football, and at the end, it doesn't work. I, I feel bad for Carr um, defense. We've talked about the draft picks that they've missed on, and uh, we'll see what they do again. I, I, I don't get it. Do you make any sense of this? I mean, do you, what's going on in your mind when you see this? Mike, I have no words. It's just, it's the same thing that's been going on for the last four or five years. I uh, I don't really have any words, man. It, it seems every now and then it seems like they kind of get it together, and then they take one more victory lap around the Chiefs Stadium for a, for a win that means nothing, and you, all, all comes crashing back to reality when you know that Raiders aren't meant to win. They're just not meant to win right now. So, look. Let's move on, Mike. I have a uh, I have a couple I have a couple more questions for you. Anything else to cover on the Raiders before we move on? Yeah, let me uh, talk about this real quick. Ding, <laughs> ding, ding. Okay, nice, nice segue, ladies and gentlemen. We're early today, but we have America's favorite sports pop quiz game for our boy, the K Dog. I like that. Never prepared. You know he's scared. And here we go with five big questions. You ready for this, K-Dog? Always, Mike. All right. Number one, who do you want behind center for your team today? Ryan Tannehill or Matt Ryan? Oh, man. You know, that's a good, that's that's a tricky question, Mike, because right now the more winning quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. The more statistically winning quarterback, probably Matt Ryan. However, um, I'm going to take a winner and I'm going to take a game manager over uh, a gunslinger like Matt Ryan, especially this late in his career. I'm going to go with Ryan Tannehill. I know you feel the same. I got to. I mean, the guy just has been delivering it. He's been delivering the playoffs. And uh, Matt Ryan still, you know, he tends to be decreasing in skill set. I don't know if Tannehill's hit, you know, his top end so far. He looks great throwing the deep ball, too. Um, can't get enough of the guy. I'm still rooting for him. Feel bad that uh, he got. Whatever happened in Miami, I mean, Adam Gase proved who he is, you know, hard to be successful around him. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, man, no doubt. Um, Good question, though. What else you got? All right, two elite linebackers in this league. We got Devin White from the Tampa Bay Bucks, and we got Darius Leonard from the Colts. Which one do you want today and why? 
I mean, I like Darius Leonard. I think I like Darius Leonard for the Colts. I think he, I think he's one of those guys, you know, the Colts are a pretty good defense and all too often that position gets overlooked, but that's a guy who's flying sideline to sideline, making plays in the pass coverage, making plays in the run. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with him, but I'm interested to see what your thought is on that. It's a hard one. I I even thought when I wrote this question, I was like, I don't even know who I'm going to go with on this, but it's hard not to get and think about Devin White and the way he played the last five games of the season. The guy is just explosive. He's so fast and quick and instinctive. I do love Darius Leonard. Did you hear what he said about the free agents coming there? No, what he said. Don't come here unless you're ready to work hard and you love football. We don't want you. And I just love that mentality because that just bleeds with the Colts team. So I'm going to go with Devin White. But don't get me wrong. If Darius Leonard was in uh, South Beach, I'd be one happy camper either way. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. Good call. Good call. What else you got? Two amazing tight ends. Which one has the better season next year? Darren Waller or George Kittle? Oh, man. Another great question. Another great question. I want to say George Kittle um, because I think he's the better player, but I'm not. I'm not so sure he's got the better quarterback, Mike. I mean, that that that's up in flux right now. I guess you got Jimmy Garoppolo on deck there for the San Francisco 49ers. But I don't know, man. I, I don't know exactly how I feel about that. So I think I like Derek Carr a little bit more. And I, I think they've got less weapons there. So I think Fowler's probably the more featured tight end. So I'm going to have to lean towards that. I, I'm going to have to lead towards him. Not not Kittle for this one. If they have a change at quarterback, if Deshaun Watson enters in there, then it's Kittle by a mile. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you. And I think Waller overall, I think Kittle's the overall better player. I think Waller's the better pass receiver. And uh, Kittle, let's, let's make no mistake, he's been banged up the last few seasons. And uh, part of this is availability. Yeah, that's right. That's 100% right. He has been. All right. One, I got two more for you. Next one. Who would you rather be on your Cleveland Browns, CeeDee Lamb or A.J. Brown? Oh, man, I got to go with A.J. Brown. I see. I, I love A.J. Brown. He's that guy kind of kind of was, uh, you know, compared a lot to DJ Met, or DK Metcalf. But, um, you know, he's he's a little bit of a shorter guy, real quick guy, but fights for the ball. Reminds me of Anquan Bolton. I, I, I like him. I, I think I've seen a little bit more of him than CeeDee Lamb as well. Don't get me wrong. CeeDee Lamb, he's going to be sweet, super, super fast guy, talented guy. But for right now, I'm going to go with Brown. What about you? What do you, what do you think about that? <laughs> you know, I could have sworn you'd be CD all day. That c- catches me really? off guard. But I, I, I watch enough of the Titans games just because I like to watch my boy Tannehill throwing those rainbows to A.J. Brown. I love his tenacity. I love the way he cuts. Uh, there was a play versus the Ravens this year that I could watch over and over again how he just pretty much runs through three DBs. I'm taking A.J. Brown today. Sorry, Cowboy. I know you're out there listening. Yeah, 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 no doubt. I'd have to agree with that. Again, CeeDee Lamb, ceiling is through the roof, man. Last question. The Cleveland Browns say, today we are signing your boy, Jadavian Clowney. (laughs) What is the max amount of money you give this guy? For Jadavian Clowney, I'd give him $8 million. I'd, I'd give him eight million. I think he's a good run stopper. I think he's going to get you four or five sacks a year, but I think he's going to miss four or five games. I'd give him eight million. That that might surprise you. That might that might even be high for what you were thinking. But um, sixteen, seventeen, fifteen million, even north of ten million. That's that's just not that's just not realistic for Jadavion Clowney, man. I'm 
I just haven't seen enough. Haven't seen enough. I I, I would say eight million would be my max dollar. And I, I love that contract idea. And I love if I'm Jadavian Clowney to try to do something and solidify my legacy because right now I'm just a high pick who's been paid with a very little output on the football field. And guess what? Play, playing against him with uh, Miles Garrett on the other side, I better have double digit sacks. That's right. No, Better. that's right. You have to. You have to, especially if you're playing opposite Miles Garrett. Yeah, I, I don't believe in Jadavion Clowney a whole lot, man. Again, he's not a terrible player. If he was a third round draft pick, you know, people would be all over this guy's, you know, having over delivered, but he's not. He was the number one overall pick. And yeah, he's he's under delivered for me, man. So yeah, it, it, it's unfortunate. And, you know, at the end of the day, anything can happen. I mean, the guy still's loaded with talent. So those are my five questions. I had to throw the Clowney one in there just to see what you were thinking. As always, great job, yeah, man. Dude. That's fun. I love it when you do that, Mike. Love it when you do that. I want to. Uh, I want to continue talking about free agency, man. I, there, there, there's a couple questions that I have. So, here's here's a question for you, Mike. In my opinion, the left tackle is you know probably one of the th- top three most important players that you can find on a football team. Kansas City Chiefs this la- this offseason not not only let go of their left tackle Eric Fisher. But they also let go of their right tackle, Mitchell Swartz, two bookend tackles. The idea is to clear up salary cap. The idea is, you know, to make room financially for the rest of these players on the team. However, they turned right around in free agency and essentially made Joe Tooney the highest paid guard in the history of the NFL with an $80 million contract. Mike, why not keep their own players in house? Why did they do this? Very confusing. But my guess is that they know these guys are on the decline. And they're paying them too much right now for the performance they did. It's got to always stink to them that they didn't, weren't available for the Super Bowl. Not that's up to their point. And it should be noted that Kyle Long is coming out of retirement to come play for him. Maybe they had that, you know, that bug in their ear. I already know about that. Very surprising. Then they go out and spend $80 million, like you said, on a different offensive lineman that I know of, but I'm not like, you know, very familiar with. I don't know. What are you thinking? Is this just like a bad management move or I mean, they don't do many of that in Kansas City. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's interesting. Maybe I mean, I can see your point with Mitchell Swartz. He's he's a little bit longer in the tooth. But Eric Fisher, he's their number one overall pick no more than four or five years ago. So I, I, I guess I don't understand maybe at least not bringing him back. I feel like that's a more important you know, position than the guard, especially if you're going to go out in free agency and get the best guard available and pay, you know, very, very top dollar for him. So I don't know, man, maybe, maybe they feel a little bit better about the backups that they have there. Some of the guys that they've been grooming. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the Kansas city chiefs, they're, they're, they're pretty good at keeping, you know, draft picks in, in, in line for picking up offensive linemen year after year, they pick up second and third and fourth rounders all the time. So maybe, maybe Andy Reid and company like some of the guys that they've been grooming, that's the only thing I can think of, but again, I don't understand why spend that kind of money on a on a guard. Um, again, guards are guards are great. Well, but- let, let's let's weigh in on this though too. Like at the end of the day, this team doesn't have many needs. You know, like they went to the draft last year with the luxury that we have our quarterback, we have an elite tight end, we got an all star wide receiver. You know, we've got three or four bad dudes that on the defensive side they can make a play at any time whether it's Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones like they they got they got Frank Clark, they got players everywhere. So if you go in the draft kind of go with that Baltimore Ravens philosophy where you just draft until you can't miss at that position. Maybe they take three or four tackles this year's draft and I don't I don't think that's yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. You know, you never know. Again, you know, you do have a lot of leeway with Patrick Mahomes as far as he drops back and, you know, his maneuverability in the pocket. So 
he can he can make magic even with a makeshift offensive line. We 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 watched him do it before, but um, only time will tell if they made the right decisions on letting those two tackles walk. Mike, here's a question for you: Why is Kenny Galladay still not uh, is it still not signed? How is he still available right now? We we went over some of his stats last week. Let go from the Lions, or essentially as a free agent from the Lions, he essentially he could return there again, but they haven't they haven't made him an offer, at least not one that's appealing to him. But again, we, we've mentioned his first four years, he's statistically on track with Megatron, right? Former former NFL line, great. Um, why is he still available? Why isn't he scooped up yet? I'm shocked by this one. I really am. I know right now that he's leaning towards going the Giants or possibly the Bengals, but the contracts he's getting offered, I think there was such a gap between what him and his agent thought he'd get offered and what teams are willing to offer that it was almost just like a hard, like how do you negotiate that? You know what I mean? If you're trying to charge me $10,000 for a used car and I think it's a thousand, you know, it's going to take a while to meet in the middle. So I think there's kind of a shock to it, but I mean, dude, it's, it's the NFL today where teams throw the ball over the yard. I want this guy. I I don't know what's going on. Have you heard anything different? Like I'm kind of just kind of shocked. No, man, I haven't, I haven't heard a ton different. I, um, I, 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 again, I scratch my head as to why, I mean, I feel like he's a fit pretty much on any NFL team and with the salary cap where it is understandable that it's gone down, somebody could probably get him at a steal. So I, um, I don't really know what the deal is, but I'll be interested to see what happens with this guy. He, he's a hell of a player, Mike. I want to talk about tri- – go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, right now, everything's pointing towards the Giants. So um, he's there. He's doing workouts, and it, this might get done even tonight as we're recording. But yeah, man. We'll yeah, see. for sure. So Trent Williams, incredible story here, Mike. Remember, and Sean Watson might be able to take a, a page out of Trent Williams' book. Keep in mind, Trent Williams sat out for the Washington football team no more than two years ago, takes a shot with the San Francisco 49ers. I think they traded a second round pick for him. And now he has inked a deal to become the highest paid offensive lineman in NFL history. Congratulations to Trent Williams. Is this a win for the San Francisco 49ers or they potentially overpay this guy? It's surprising because he's 32 years old, I believe. So a sixth year, you know, breaking the bank, will he get every bit of this contract? I don't know. Um, but he was he was dang impressive last year. I mean, he he is a cornerstone left tackle. He plays the Shanahan system perfectly, which you know is you know if you get a player that fits your system who can lead and kind of teach the other players, I think it's a win. But you know the Forty ers got a lot of players they're gonna have to pay. Like they got Bosa's contract coming up, I think, in a year or two. They got Kittle's coming up in a year or two, and these guys are gonna demand top dollar for their position. So I think interesting story is. What are they doing at quarterback? What moves are they trying? Are they trying to get Sam Darnold? Are they in the Watson sweepstakes? Are they staying pat with Jimmy G? Because I haven't really heard a commitment at this point. But I'll just say, man, if I'm the the Houston Texans, they're making moves that's going to make it hard to bring Watson. You know, they they might be shutting that window. That conversation it, might it be very over. well, might be man. Again, that's a lot of money to give out. And again, we just mentioned it. Left tackle, totally worth the money, but a lot of money to give out, especially if you're considering bringing on a contract like like Deshaun Watson. I I don't think it's happening, Mike. I think there's a really, really, really good chance that uh, Deshaun Watson is sitting the bench this next year, man. There there there's a very good chance of that. Time will tell. Mike, want to talk about your boy Ryan Fitzpatrick? To the Washington football teams, what do you think about this? So it seems like the ageless wonder, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's, uh, I think he's turning 40 this year. 
He's going to strap up for the football team. What do you think, Mike? Is he a starter day one? And if so, what's the outlook for that division? Keep in mind, the Washington football won, the Washington football team won that division just last year at seven and nine, got into the playoffs. So, I mean, this is obviously an upgrade, in my opinion. What do you think for the Washington football team? Well, joining his ninth NFL football team, which I do believe he will start week one, and they'd be foolish not to start him. That team's ready to win today. Um, I, I'm excited for him. He inherits a phenomenal front seven, some of the best players in the league, including a boy, you know, our boy Chase Young out of Ohio State. But we could also just talk about, like, you know, they got Chef back, their guard, their running back, phenomenal, McLaren from Ohio State, uh, Antonio Gibson, their halfback. Like, he went into a very good situation where I believe he will start week one. I don't think Taylor Henneke is the answer. I know he had a fun game versus the Bucks in the playoffs, and I know he could run around. But at the end of the day, he ended the game yeah. on the bench because he got hurt. Um, I'm excited for Fitzpatrick. I think this is a great fit. I hope he can you know, play it all out and, and not get into that situation where they're putting two in and you know two out and kind of like not really even getting that consistency or the, the chance to win it all because this team's ready to win today. And look no further than the team they lost in the playoffs to a 43-year-old quarterback. True that. It could True happen. That. Yeah, look, football team's got a great defense. Great defense. You got McLaurin there on offense as a, as, as a uh, as a wide receiver. Maybe they get a little wide receiver help in the draft. Probably going to draft a young quarterback to mentor under uh, under Fitzpatrick. But um, look, in a very very weak division, sky's the limit for those guys. So I'm excited to see what it looks like. Um, Mike, want to transition over to Arizona? So word, word has it that yeah. Arizona is uh, is stacking up on old timers. Man, they just landed AJ Green from the Cincinnati Bengals on a one-year kind of prove-it deal or a one-year kind of hang-on deal. I think it's for 6 or $8 million, something of that nature. But now they have, again, obviously they have DeAndre Hopkins, they have Larry Fitzgerald, they have a couple other young you know, wide receivers as well, but they add A.J. Green to the mix. Mike, does this make them dangerous or, or just old? Both. It, it, it really does both. Um, but you bring a player like A.J. Green and you have a Larry Fitzgerald, what that does, that and then J.J. Watt, we talked about Chandler Jones, these are proven veterans, but that they can also instill a culture. In Arizona, desperately, out of the like, five or ten teams that needs to instill a culture, that's what I think it's about, building a culture, but these guys can also contribute at the highest level. I mean, A.J. Green is no bum. He just needs to stay healthy. But if I'm Cliff Kingsbury and I'm kind of more of a college guy than pro guy, I want people like this in my locker room to tell me, don't make that mistake. Or, hey, young buck, get on get on board because this is how we do as professionals. I like the move, um, but I don't know. I don't know what this looks like next year. I don't know if this closes the gaps versus the Seattles or the 49ers or the Los Angeles Rams. I don't know what it does until I see it. It's hard to make that predictions, but I would like this as a, a Cardinals fan. These are, these are good 100%, people. You know? great, great locker room, guys. And look, if A.J. Green can stay healthy, then I think he if he if he plays 16 games this next year, then he's going to put up about 800 yards, five to seven touchdowns. And if he does that as a number as a number two, frees up a little bit of slot room for Larry Fitzgerald and opens it up on the end for, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. That could be a great thing, but it, it all depends on can A.J. Green stay healthy. He has not been able to do so for the last few years. So my opinion, um, I don't know. I, I, I think it all depends on health. And again, even still, I think they're a little bit old at the position, Mike. Um, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is one of a kind, but outside of that, it's looking, looking, a, little bit, looking a little bit shallow. 
they, they do got this guy, Christian Kirk, though, and my man yes. is a speedster. So a fantasy gem if you're looking next year because, you know, DeAndre Hopps going to get the double team. Fitz or A.J. Green will probably put another corner on. I bet he sees a lot of one-on-one open opportunities in a – must watch Kyler yeah, Murray. Yeah, they definitely Drake. could. Mike, here's something that kind of flew under the radar. Talk to me about if you like this. I remember this player was drafted originally to the Browns, went on and played for the uh, for the Falcons, and now signed with San Francisco. I want to talk about center Alex Mack. Now, a lot of people, I mean, he's getting paid a lot of money, a little bit, a little bit over ten million a year, but he's let go by the. Uh, I think he was a free agent actually, essentially from the Falcons, and, and ended up signing with San Francisco. Now, Alex Mack is a veteran player, but make no mistake, my opinion, I, th- I still think he's a top ten center. There's no real details on the deal, so we don't know exactly what they're paying him. But do you feel that Alex Mack has enough left in the tank to make the difference on the San Francisco 49ers offensive line? I, I don't know. Um, I mean, he he he's played at the most elite levels as center. He was a great pick for the Browns. Uh, Phenomenal free agent signing for the Falcons. My thing is, he kind of reminds me of Pouncey at the end of with Pittsburgh, where he gets pushed back a lot. He's never been really the strongest guy. Very high, uh, you know, IQ, uh, nice form, and all that stuff. So when you get age and your body can't push as much, that can really hinder the 49ers. I don't know if he plays guard, or I don't know what he's going to do next year. I don't know if he starts. Um, but again, having a pro like that in your locker room, I think he's getting league minimum. If I if I if I'm right, like five five point five, probably worth the risk. Don't know if he was a big game changer. I know you got a big heart for this guy, and, and he broke it when he left you. What do you what do you think this does for the Browns or the 49ers? I'm sorry. I think it's a solid player, man. Depending on what they paid him, if they paid him in that four to six, five to seven million dollar range, I think it's a steal. If they, if they went and inked him up to a nine or ten million dollar deal. Yeah, I think they're I, I think they're flirting with danger. Al, again, Alex Mack is definitely a serviceable player, but I thought it was interesting if he does come to play that offensive line. Serious, Mike Mike Shanahan, uh, Mike Shanahan, the way that he runs the ball, the way that they do a little bit of play action there, could be a really good offensive season for the 49ers, regardless of who's at quarterback. Um, so I, I just think it's interesting what they're doing down there in San well, Francisco. They're doing some something good things. I'm, I'm curious about for the as long as we're going to talk San Francisco, they signed their fullback for five years, twenty seven million. I mean, that kind of stood out to me. Like I don't know if that's a good sign. It's hard to pay running backs twenty five over five years. Is it just is this player just that good, or is it just that he fits his system or? Or, or they do, or they just love this guy that much. I don't know. I, you know, I think I think the term fullback is almost. I mean, I, I get that's the position he's slotted at, but that that's a guy that's going to be able to carry the ball. It's a guy that's going to come out of the backfield and catch the ball. It's going to play more of a tight end position from the fullback slot. In my mind, I guess you pay great players. I mean, the same thing could be said about you know a guy like Taysom Hill. It's like how often does he see the field? Why does he have you know a multi million deal over four years? It's like. Well, because you he's a player, you play him where he plays regardless of position. I think that's the same situation. But it is weird today's day and age to go after a fullback for that kind of money. That's that's for sure. Yeah, it kind of stood out um, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Mike, we know that Aaron Jones signed back with the uh, with the Green Bay Packers. I was thinking the Miami Dolphins were going to overpay. I was thinking somebody was going to overpay. In fact, I think you floated kind of a, a crazy contract concept out there. What, what did you say? Six years? How, how much? How many did you, did you think about he was going to get signed six for? six years, 60 mil. 60 mil, right. Um, looks like he took a pretty big discount with the Green Bay Packers. They did ink him um, to a pretty hefty deal. I think it's $35 million guaranteed, um, but, but, but it's definitely a hefty contract. 
which means that running back Jamal Williams was freed up, Mike. He went and signed with the Lions. Lions have not had a running game for a long time. I, I was thinking that they were going to do something. Um, I actually thought potentially they get in the Aaron Jones sweepstakes, but they didn't. They signed Jamal Williams, who, in my opinion, was a hell of a backup and, and played a good role when Aaron Jones was hurt. They signed him two years, $7.5 million deal. Mike, is there any chance if the Lions have a decent running game, Jared Goff comes to play that these guys can get out of the cellar? Is this useless, kind of a useless signing? And does it leave you questioning, why not just play DeAndre Swift? Like, why not just play the guys that you have there? Why sign this guy in Jamal Williams? It, it, it is shocking. It's surprising that they have already DeAndre Swift. Now they got Jamal Williams. They got Kieron Johnson. I mean, Johnson and Swift, I mean, those are first late or early second round, late first round draft picks that by all accounts I, I thought could play. Um, obviously, Adrian Peterson's on his way out, and then you bring in a third running back. And I guess my thing is with running backs, what is your what's your philosophy? What What is your strategy? What are you trying to do? In all three of these running backs, they're all completely different. Like, for instance, Green Bay kind of has a smash-mouth mentality. You know, it's a one kind of goes straight through. Um, the 49ers are going to take you outside on the counters. I don't know what what Detroit's doing here, but maybe just gathering one until it works. It's just it, it's weird. you got two high-draft-pick running backs, super talented. I mean, DeAndre Swift, I thought he'd be the first running back taken last year. Really hasn't been given opportunity, in my opinion. Now you bring another guy and another head in the locker room and – I don't yeah, know. Again, man, it's kind of it's 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 kind of awe striking to me, man. I I don't know. Um, I don't know why not just run out the stable that you have. Again, it's not it's not like they broke the bank for this guy, but um, it, it's it seems as if they'd like to allocate their funds elsewhere. I, again, they have a stable worth of running backs. I don't know why not utilize them. Um, either way, Mike, one of the other uh, one of the other free agent signings I want to talk about is the the Ravens. They uh, they agreed to terms with Kevin Zeitler, guard, uh, formerly of the Giants. Used to be a Brown for a second. Do you like this pick? In fact, I feel like Kevin Zeitler, definitely still a top five guard in, in my opinion, seems to be one of the better signings of the offseason. What do you think about this for? Uh, what do you think about this for the Ravens? Yeah, it, it, it's the right move. Um, you got to keep Lamar Jackson healthy. You also have that ground pound. You have the run game. Uh, everything I know about Zeitler, he, he he gets a good push, you know, off the snap, which will you know help Dobbins get you know his yards and and keep Jackson healthy. I think it's a good move. Um, Baltimore did lose some players this year. I mean, eventually you're going to run out of money, and uh, we're seeing that in Kansas City right now. Yeah, they definitely did, man. They definitely did. You want to know what surprised me? Um, and, and this is sorry, this is a little bit of a change in transition. Um, I was very excited, Mike, about the pass rushers this this free agency. I was thinking that the Browns, given the salary cap situation, and we're kind of missing that piece. We've got Olivier, uh, Olivier Vernon, who's aging and you know kind of sporadic at best in terms of his ability to to, to rush the quarterback. I was hoping a guy like Matthew Judon or Shaq Barrett or one of these guys would land with the Browns, but none of them did. In fact, I was super surprised to understand that the Buccaneers were able to shine Shaquille Barrett again. Mike, they inked him to a four-year deal at seventy-two million. They kept the band together. And how about Rob Gronkowski getting a ten million dollars contract as well? But Mike, go ahead and give me just an overview of the uh, of the Buccaneers this offseason or this free agency. What they've been able to do in terms of keeping all of their key players together. How do you how do you feel about them and their ability to repeat this next it, year? It's a scary situation for the NFL. Um, 
what what looked like a team that would be losing at least a Godwin, you know, maybe a Shaq Barrett or a Levante David or a Gronk. Somehow they have managed to bring all these guys back. They brought their kicker back who had a phenomenal year last year. Like everybody is in the building that was on that Super Bowl team minus one Antonio Brown. And I think it's only a matter of time till he ends up back there. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But what it does tell you is these guys aren't just winning football. They're enjoying what they're doing. Because if you're taking less money to stay somewhere, you enjoy it, you love it, you appreciate it, and maybe it's that chance to get one more ring. But Shaq Barrett probably would have got $100 million somewhere, I imagine. I think so, man. I think so, especially you know today – what defensive ends are really getting. You would think so. He shined out as a big part of that that win there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the, in the Super Bowl. And, and in fact, the all the all the playoffs, I mean, him and Jason Pierre-Paul, they were wrecking people. The fact that they have everybody back in the saddle is scary, but I feel like the you know, my Browns kind of missed out, man. Uh they probably did put out an offer for some of these guys. And uh if if these players are smart, they're probably thinking, yeah, the stink's not totally off of Cleveland yet. They had one good year. I'm not willing to bet on them uh, moving forward. All right, here, Mike, here's what I want to do. I want to ask your opinion on maybe the top two or three teams in your mind that are most improved up until this point in free agency. Which teams did the best for themselves and why? Well, number one, I'm automatically, I'm just taking the um, I'm taking the Bucks out. They, they won this game. It, it's already over. They by far outlived expectations. Would you agree with me on that? Like, let's not even compare this to chess and checkers. Am I right on that? No, I, I agree all day, man. I think, I think that's right. I think that's right. Like, they crushed it. Yeah. Another team that I think was pretty impressive is the Chargers being able to get Corey Lindsay. Uh, you know, the Pouncey brother didn't really work out there. Great center. You've got somebody like Justin Herbert behind your center. Want to protect him? I think it's only a one signing, but for that team that's so stacked and ready to go right now, it's a very important signing. So I like that move. I'll let you go, and I'll weigh on another one. Who, who, who in your mind uh, won this free agency? So I'll tell you, man. You'll laugh at this, but in my mind, uh, so far, the Seattle Seahawks. They've uh, they've weathered the storm, Mike. They didn't bite on the dangling of three first round draft picks from the Chicago Bears. They didn't think about what life could be without Russell Wilson, and they're right for it. I, I've been back and forth on this, Mike, the last couple of weeks. Do you trade Russell Wilson, get this bunch of, of draft picks, and get your salary cap in a good spot and you know, kind of rebuild the team? But the answer to that is absolutely no. Russell Wilson is once in a lifetime, and the fact that they have sat this out and not bit on anything uh, is a good win for them. It's a good perspective, man. and I would kind of piggyback that off um, the Rams as well because – the upgrade from Goff to Stafford, um, it seems to be a huge gap. And then I, the more I learn, the more I keep researching. Uh, the Rams got a, a steal in this guy, even though it cost him a couple picks. I, I think they uh, now really enter the Super Bowl contender with Matthew yeah, Stafford. Very good. Look, I will tell you this. I, I'm excited to see what the Rams can do with Matthew Stafford. It seems as if, you know, Sean McVay's mind, we've mentioned it before, he, he needs that kind of gunslinger to throw the ball everywhere at any time. And Matthew Stafford, we've talked about it a million times. Statistically speaking, he's amongst the best, man. You can't you can't deny it. I uh I I I, I think that's a great pick too. Mike, I'm gonna tell you right now, with a pickup of Jonu Smith, um and some of the we 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 mentioned Matthew Judon, some of these other players. I think the Patriots did a lot of work here, Mike. Think think about back in the day. Um, now I know you got Hunter as well from the Chargers coming over. Think about back in the day when you had Gronkowski and 
and Aaron, uh, Aaron Hernandez, it, it was something that kind of reset the NFL. Since that time, you've been seeing teams try to run this, tu- the, this dual NFL set. Now, you have two of the very best tight ends that exist in the league right now. Now, I, I know that's a little bit of a stretch with Hunter Henry just because he's, he's been often injured and, you know, he hasn't necessarily been able to live up to the bill. But if he's healthy, Mike, he, he's going to be a stud. Anytime he's on the field, he plays well. So I think the New England Patriots did a lot for themselves. They're missing a quarterback. But again, man, if their objective is to go in the first round and land that quarterback and have him mentor under Cam for the first, call it four to eight weeks, I like that plan. They added a ton of weapons. They 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 spent like crazy, but they added a bunch of weapons. What do you think? I, I got to say, I want to see how it works out. But I, like you're talking about how they're going to use these tight ends. And I think that's a very important part because, um, you know, they, they have a proven history. And I think that gives them more flexibility on their play calls. A, a play action that just going to be uh, extremely scary. And I don't know if they're done yet either. Well, one of my questions, though, on that note, and I know this sounds a little bit contradictory. One of the things that I do scratch my head about, again, let's assume they ride with Cam Newton. Cam Newton's short pass is not his forte. He is not an accurate quarterback in the short game. Um, Tight ends are typically built for those chunk yards, you know, seven yards here, 10 yards here. Occasionally they split the seam, but it'll be interesting to see exactly how to utilize those players if Cam indeed is starting for 16 games. I don't want to hold my breath on that, but it is still a possibility. Um, anybody else on your on your on your mind, Mike? That uh, that did really well this free agency. You want to talk about? Yeah, and it, it hasn't been discussed much because they don't usually get discussed much. But I like what our boy Urban Meyer's doing down in Jacksonville. Um, quietly, really changing his defensive line. We know defensive line Urban Meyer is where he specializes. You know, he, some of the great players he put in to NFL and was able to recruit when he was there, and now Ohio State is still recruiting. We got to give Urban Meyer credit, you know, for the Bosa's and for Chase Young. He goes out, he gets seven defensive linemen, adds it to him, including Malcolm Brown from the Saints, who's going to be his huge uh, run stopper and just gap filler. And uh, you bring in a character guy like Shaq Griffin from the Seahawks, Rayshon Jenkins at the safety position, and uh, Carlos Hyde. You know, they got some familiarity with each other. That's going to be a good one-two combo with Robinson. Good start from our boy Urban, and he didn't overpay anybody either, which is impressive. Yeah, that's a good point, Mike. That's a good point. And again, they they have a ton of money to bring in players. Um, they're going to land that number one overall pick probably in Trevor Lawrence, as we suspect. So it, Jacksonville could be in a good spot. I, I don't know if they're necessarily done in free agency. Not a ton of meat left on the bone, but they could still make some plays as well. But I, I'll... I'll agree with you with that. For Urban Meyer's first couple minutes in office, not doing too bad, Mike. I wouldn't hold my breath on that either, but he's not doing too you, bad. You, you know he wants a big, strong, physical defensive line that wins every single Sunday. And you know he wants guys that love football. And that you will watch a transformation of that defense. It will get aggressive. No, I think you're 100% right. I think you're 100% right. I'll tell you what, Mike. You're, uh, you're Dolphins. Speaking about winning the winning the uh, the battle of the line, your Dolphins picked up a pretty good player from the uh, from the Patriots. What's his name? That defensive tackle you guys signed for, uh, for to, 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 to a two-year deal. Oh, Adam Butler? Adam Butler. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's a big I'll guy, man. A- He's a big guy, six six three, six four, three hundred pounds. When he's on the field, he's pretty good. Rated pretty well by Pro Football Focus. Um, again, under the raining, uh, under the radar signing, but I think I think is going to be a player that kind of pops off your uh, 
off your screen this next year. What do you think about that signing? I, I like it. Um, we need that, and we'll put him right next to Christian Wilkins and have a good good run stopper next to him. Another thing I like to highlight is, man, we got Isaiah Wilson. We know he's had some difficulties off the seasons, but this guy was the number one pick for the Titans last year is a right tackle. He's got some familiarity for Brian Flores. His college roommate's going to be playing right guard as he plays right tackle. This could be the ultimate steal, or it could be a loss of seventh-round pick. But either way, I think Isaiah Wilson, if he's going to have a chance to succeed, the culture in Miami is it. So um, it could be a great move. And then we trade with the, the Texans. We lose Shaq Lawson. Wasn't a fan of that because Shaq Lawson, I think, can play football. Yeah, he can play. It's uh, you got to get him in the right system. You got to he can play. Mike, let's flip the coin here for a second. Talk to me, and I'll go ahead and start. And you heard me mention it before, but let's talk about a couple teams that have been hurt most by free agency. I want to talk about again the the uh, the uh, the, 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 the Oakland, the Los Angeles. No, let's talk about the the Nevada uh, Raiders here, the, the <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders, Mike. Losing all of their offensive line for me is a major, major, it's a hurt to the team, regardless of the personnel that you have there. The fact that they were in the Russell Wilson sweepstakes, at least, you know, could have been, I just don't understand why lose those four players. At the same time, you've got Josh Jacobs and other and other players there, and not to mention, you still have to protect Derek Carr. I just don't know what kind of football team they're building there. Um in Las Vegas, man. So I think that they were hurt drastically. I think the offensive line is and always has been one of the most underrated positions or, uh, you know, on the entire football team. And the fact that they lost four out of five starters in what was a top five offensive line this last year hurts the team in a major way. I think it's a setback. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you. I don't know what they're doing as far as offensive line. When you have a strength of a team, you continue to, you know, polish it, polish it, get it better. And uh, they just dismantle it for some reason. Yeah, got another team for you. Okay, and I don't say it's because the moves I don't like, but it's the moves they still haven't made. The New York Jets have a huge gap in talent with the rest of the National Football League right now. And to bring in Corey Davis and Carl Lawson, I like those players. They didn't overpay him, in my opinion. But where are the where's the beef, man? You know what I mean? I got a sandwich, I got the bread, I got some cheese, but I got no beef. And uh, I don't know what they're planning on doing, but they've got a lot of money to spend, a lot of gaps, and these players are flying off the shelf right now. What do you do in New York? I, I, honestly, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think that's I think that's something that that's a question, Mike. You got to be able to stop the bleeding. I have uh, I have no answers for that, man. But it is it is it is relevant, and it is it's apparent something's got to change there. But your your guess is as good as mine, brother. Any any other teams on your radar, Mike? That uh, that really took a shot. I want to say, you know, the Green Bay Packers lost their uh, lost their starting center, one of the best centers in the entire league. His name's escaping me at the moment, but that's a big time loss. I- I'm trying to think of any other teams. Anything else stand out to you that uh, that really hurts teams moving forward? Not hurts team, but I'm curious to see what the Colts will do to get another wide receiver with Pittman. You bring in Wentz. You've got the phenomenal running back out of Wisconsin, uh, Taylor. They're about a wide receiver away of being something special on offense. So maybe like they get Galloway, maybe they get Juju Smith-Schuster, but th- their their work cannot be complete, in my personal opinion. Yeah, it, it can't be T.Y. Hilton either. They, they they can't be hoping to squeeze more juice from that berry. That's just not there anymore. Um, yeah, and, and he's gone now. He, I think he went actually to Jacksonville. Oh, I think you know Hilton's what? Out. You know what? I do. I think you're right. I think you're right. He actually did sign with another team. That's completely right. So yeah, they've got to they've got to do something there with Justin Pittman, who's a standout as a rookie. I think he's going to do big things but they're not entirely entirely complete on offense mike interesting that they don't get go go get kenny galladay yeah 
he's there and he's there for the taking. And, and it's obviously that you don't have to pay him like, you know, super, super high salary. Go get this guy. And I'll just tell you one more. And it, it's got to be disappointing as a Green Bay Packers fan. I, I think you did the right move bringing Aaron Jones back. But the reality is the team you need to beat is the Tampa Bay Bucks. They kept everybody. They're going to be better in offseason. And what did you do to close that gap? You lost your all-star center. Like, I don't know how they do it. I don't know what the Bucks are doing. But to me, that's already demoralizing going into the next season that the Packers are already way behind now, right? 100%. Hundred percent, way behind. Got it. Got got it. Got got some catching up to do, man. Interesting to see what the draft's going to do, Mike. We're we're talking about a lot of these players that now leave holes in their rosters, but if these teams end up drafting right, they could fill some of these positions. Hard to replace a lot of these guys, but you know we see it time and time again. These rookies come in and they they uh, they overperform, and that's that's what a lot of these teams are looking to have happen. And I gotta imagine there's a lot of good wide receivers coming out in this draft, and that may be why teams are not totally spending the money totally because any other year. These guys are locked up. Like Juju Smith-Schuster's still out there, and yep. they thought he'd be gone. Curtis Samuel got swooped up by Washington football team, but three years, $45 million, I bet he was expecting a little bit more on the open market. You would think. You would think. Um, it, it, you're, you're right. A lot of, lot of good wide receivers come out in the draft and might make this robust wide receiving uh, free agency. Not pan out the way a lot of these guys want to, so we're going to have to see how it shakes out. But Mike, brother, it was a great episode, man. Love talking about free agency. Love talking about the NFL. We'll be back next week. We're going to continue to cover it. It's it's funny, Mike. You, you If you look back about 20 years ago, it was kind of hard to think about talking NFL 365 days a year. But nowadays, man, with as much as going on in free agency and as much as we're able to kind of broadcast it and, and as much media coverage as there is, it's actually something we could talk about all the time. And there's always new material, so it's fun. Make sure everybody stays tuned for next week. Want to leave with a thought of the day. Guys, this is something, it's not necessarily a quote, but just a thought. So hear me out. We all have feelings and some days we feel sad. Other times we feel depressed. And all too often, we run from these emotions or hide away from them. Now, our bodies are designed to give us emotional downloads. And these downloads are opportunities to help us better understand ourselves. So what I mean is if you're feeling sad or depressed, that doesn't mean that you're a sad or depressed person. It simply means that that's the way you're feeling in that moment. So my recommendation is to stay there for a moment. Try to understand it. Try to understand why it's there and where it comes from. Accepting emotional downloads allows us to better navigate through life. It helps us understand why we feel the way we do, and it helps us better prepare ourselves for similar occurrences in the future. So accept emotional downloads, be aware of your body, pay attention, they're our beacon for life. Guys, make sure you subscribe to us on any airwaves you are listening to. And for sure, hit us up on Twitter. We are FanPopPOD. Leave us some comments. We want to know what you're talking about and what you want us to talk about. And we will catch you next time. Mike, always a pleasure, brother. We are Outski. Outski.